welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 57, released on September 30th, 2009. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is Neil Bailey. Hi, Neil. Hey, Steve, 57. That's almost five years. That's crazy. Yeah, we've been going a long time, and uh, we'll actually get to some comments later in the big questions segment of the show regarding both this podcast and the website and what's what people think of it. So I uh, look forward to seeing uh, those comments and uh, our reactions to them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's get into our topic discussions. Uh, first off, Superman's Secret Origin, the long-awaited miniseries on the origin of Superman by Jeff Johns, is now available, and the first issue was pretty good, and you reviewed it. What did you think of it? Yeah, I liked it. I think, you know, like, at first I was I was getting my uh, reviewer axe out, and I was going, <laughs> and getting ready to grind it, you know, because I was thinking, there's nothing really incredibly new accomplished here, but it's not necessarily whether it's something new, per se. It's more like they're setting in stone a continuity, which is something that we've been literally begging for since, what, since I started writing for the site, about <laughs> 2000. I mean, there's, there's, they've changed things and not given it a context, and now they're trying to give us a solid base to go from. And even if it's very similar to the base we had before, at least now there's going to be a coherent reason for a lot of the strange things that have been occurring or some of the things that have changed without necessarily rationale in the wake of Infinite Crisis. Um, it's also, it's just, it's heartfelt, even even if it's a lot of similar um, similar concepts that we've already seen before. A lot of it seemed very, very much like it was almost Jeff Johns' dream project to a degree, as it is for most writers mm. in comics. Yeah, it felt like it was almost like a love letter to all the past uh, versions of the origin story, uh, whether it be comic books, TV, movies. Uh, it kind of melded all those kind of ideas together in a coherent fashion, that also brought uh, brought in um, some of the ideas that Jeff has written in his, into his comic books in the last couple of years in the Superman titles, and um, yeah, it's it's nice to have a basis from which to start in regards to you know where the stories are coming from and where they've been coming from in the last couple of years, and um, there are some new ideas in there. Uh, you know, obviously you can't just have a rehash of everything, but um, I, I quite enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the the rest of the series because um, obviously this first issue just sits nicely to set things off and um, you know it was nice to start from Smallville rather than from Krypton because we're actually growing up with Clark finding out the history of his past uh, along with him rather than you know seeing the Jor-El sending Kal-El in a rocket from Krypton and Krypton exploding you know it's nice to start it from Smallville. Yeah, it, it it gives kind of more of it, it. That was another thing that it did that I thought was pretty good is it focuses a lot on Clark Kent wanting to be Clark Kent, which is something that was kind of um, it, it, some some writers really tend to miss that. It was more um, it, like Clark is so aghast when he realizes that he's an alien. He's like, like, well, it's my destiny. I'd better put on a black suit. You know, it's like <laughs> it's more like. Uh, no, you're my ma and my pa, and I'm Clark, and I'll always be Clark, and I want to play football, and I want to go and hang out with my friends, and mm. I'm nervous, you know, and, and, and that's that's the inner geek that we all kind of relate to with that character. The only thing I found difficult to understand was just how old Clark was. I'm not sure if they actually specified in the issue. I don't recall offhand, but well, uh, the, the artwork seemed to make him change a lot in his age. It was hard to pinpoint just how old he was. Yeah, I mentioned that. I think they had a, like, Gary Frank kind of made him a little bit too adult. I think it was kind of mentioned, they, they kind of say that uh, Lana Lang is going to Pep Squad, okay. which is, I don't know if that's necessarily the same in Australia per se, but uh, here, like, usually Pep Squad is kind of a middle school thing um, between the ages of, say, uh, 11 and 14. Okay. Um, so it's probably just as he's about to enter high school, if I'm reading it right, but it's probably ambiguous for a reason, and it's probably not supposed to define an age, I would yeah, bet, so yeah. that can be variable. Yeah, just um, by the artwork, I was unsure of whether he was still pre-teen or whether he was early teens or mid-teens. It was just hard to actually pinpoint, but uh, not that it was necessarily uh, you know, really important to the story. It was just for my own personal uh, sake. Yeah. I was just you know, kind of interested to find out exactly... Whether this was like you know with Smallville the TV series, you know a thing of you know puberty growing up becoming a teenager and his powers starting to to uh, reveal themselves. Yeah, it was also a little unclear too, um, and I think this was actually intentional. It seemed like a like a writing trick to me. 
Um, like, they didn't reveal if that was uh, definitely the first time he'd used his X-ray vision, or definitely the time he first time he'd had heat vision, or definitely the first time he'd used X-power. It was left a little bit ambiguous, and the focus was more on the character effect of having to grow up with powers as for ne- as as opposed to necessarily the fanboy. Um, yes, he started using his heat vision at ex- exactly the age of ten in the month of November. Mm, yeah, you know? I know what you're it yeah. was uh, it was kind of open ended. That's good storytelling because yeah. that's when you got a character who doesn't age, and when you've got a character who it, it, sometimes you shouldn't nail down the definites. That actually leaves it more open ended and more you, you can work with it more as a storyteller. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we look forward to the continuation of the Superman Secret Origin miniseries, and uh, you know, uh, we'll read with interest. So let's move on uh, to the rest of uh, the comic world. Um, I wanted to mention Wednesday Comics, the 12-issue run has completed now, and uh, it's had very mixed reviews in regards to whether or not it was a good weekly series, whether or not uh, certain storylines were well-received. Uh, the Superman story was not as good as I was hoping. Um, you know, A lot of people who didn't even bother reading it online, it was for free on the USA Today website, and from our poll, majority of people just decided that it wasn't for them, um, so that was quite interesting. But um, yeah, the story itself wasn't that great. The artwork was fantastic for the Superman strip, and some of the other strips in the twelve issue series were quite entertaining. Uh, some were difficult to read, like the Wonder Woman one. I've mentioned that before in a previous podcast. But um, I enjoyed the Adam Strange strip. Uh, the Green Lantern strip was fu- was funny, as was it's not funny, sorry, adventurous. But funny was the Supergirl comic strip, and uh, that was quite uh, entertaining as well. Did you read any of them? No, I actually finally saw a copy. I saw a buddy reading one of them, and I picked it up, and I kind of looked at it. And I'll probably pick it up in, in trade fa- format or however they however they decide mm. to stylize it. But no, I, I, unfortunately, this one blew right by me. Yeah, the um, the whole newspaper-style you know broadsheet format... Uh, while a nice gimmick was I actually found it uh, detracted from my reading experience because you know I usually sit uh, either reading at my um, dining table when I'm having lunch or breakfast or whatever and I found that uh, f- that broadsheet newspaper uh, size was just unwieldy and made it difficult to um, sit comfortably and, and read the strips um, so that kind of it kind of I found that I was putting Wednesday comics towards the end of my reading um, list because of the fact that it, be- it became a chore to sit in a comfortable position and, and actually read the comic book. Sometimes I read them in bed and, you know, trying to uh, flip through a uh, broadsheet size uh, newspaper in bed is not exactly an easy trick. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things, um, I don't know, I, 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 I it, something about the format too, just the one page thing. Um, or or the one the 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 sun, Sunday sequence I guess yeah um, one strip I, I enough, yeah I find it hard sometimes um, getting into a twenty page twenty two page issue because mm-hmm. there isn't information given I mean it's a very brief format I much prefer reading things in in trade form these days um, yeah or rereading them in trade form as the case may be and there's just not a lot that can be conveyed in that kind of, in that length of time um and granted that's a writing challenge and it can come up with some really creative things but there are better experiments i guess yeah well some writers did it better than others some have that cliffhanger style down pat and know how to keep people hanging from uh, issue to issue and others uh found it more difficult and the stories that they told weren't uh, didn't lend themselves to that cliffhanger weekly um, you know, series, so uh, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how DC follow up, um, whether they do another weekly series, uh, what they plan to do, so uh, we'll uh, look with interest to see what they do there. Yeah, at very least they're taking a break and not just trying to ram the uh, format into the ground and make money off of it. Yeah, well, I, think, <laughs> I think the weekly thing has done its uh, time for a little bit, let's give us a break and um, see what they come up with next. Yeah. Okay, in the world of Superman comic books with the Superman and Supergirl titles, we've got the uh, Hunt for Reactron uh, storyline going on at the moment. Now, uh, are you reading this at the moment? No, I, I actually haven't had a chance yet. I, I had to end with the uh, codename Patriot because I'm picking up the uh, comic books now in kind of a... Uh, a, 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 a I wait a month and then I pick them up because I, I'm doing what I did when I was 14, basically, or, which was basically... 
I would look and all the all the titles would be interrelated. So it was a really great feeling to go there and pick up, say, you know, six issues because it's been a, it's been a month and a half, and then you just basically get a whole trade of Superman story um, in, in one sitting, and and that's just something that I've really missed that I haven't seen in a long time, and it seems to really be building towards something now. Yeah, well, I've uh, been reading it on a regular basis. Uh, pick up my comics usually weekly, and. Um... Yeah, it's really intriguing to, like you said, to be able to sit down with the triangle titles or the shield numbering or whatever you want to call it and be able to um, you know, have all your Superman titles telling a one coherent story. Um, yeah, you've got the individual titles telling um, you know, particular angles. On Supergirl, you've got you know, Supergirl's reaction to uh, trying to bring to justice Reactron, who killed her father, Zorel, and you know her dealings with Nightwing and Flamebird, and then you've got uh, in other titles Lois's um, reaction to Cat Grant and you know her being on the Morgan Ed show and basically you know um, uh, you know spewing out all this propaganda and then you've got uh, Superman in World of New Krypton and how he's dealing with the fact that General Zod has now made him uh, the uh, leader of Krypton's armies in uh, in his absence while uh, Zod recuperates from his uh, injury and um, it's you know quite interesting because Superman is not comfortable with that, but he does well at it. And just how will Earth react to the fact that their you know once uh, champion of of the planet is now the ruler or not the ruler, the leader of Krypton's armies, and they're worried about an invasion of Kryptonians. And it's quite intriguing. And yeah, while certain people might not uh, appreciate the fact that you have to buy all the titles, uh, say if you're a Supergirl fan, and you just want to buy the Supergirl title. Uh, yeah, and you're getting a chapter in a, in a in a larger story, but as someone who, like yourself, uh, came into the comics at the time when there were the shield numbers, the triangle numbers that um, you know had a, a, a an order to the comic books, and each week you knew you were getting a new chapter to the ongoing story. Um, I'm quite enjoying it. Yeah, I li- I like the idea, and I like where it's going to. I think trying to find essentially someone who's assassinated a head of state is going to be an intriguing story. And I, I just, I, I can imagine where all this is going to culminate. It, it, it can't be anything good when all of the interpersonal dilemmas that are revolving around these, um, behind New Krypton and Brainiac and Luthor, kind of coalesce in, in, in some massive bang. I don't know what the bang is, what the form's going to take, but I know it's coming. You know, you can see it a mile away. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got the whole uh, Monel thing now. You've got Lois finding out that her father is alive, and just what he's role in that is you've got uh, uh, Lucy Lane's you know death and resurrection and uh, yeah very interesting times ahead yeah it's looking like it's going to be a good year for Superman comics that's for sure and it's been a good couple of years already I'm, I'm, I'm quite pleased okay now Adventure Comics is the latest uh, well newest title in the Superman world of comic books um, it's been in, it's got two, uh, two issues are out now as, to, as of this recording um, have you read the first two issues? Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. It looked like it was going kind of going to be a Superboy story, and then it kind of dovetailed and tied directly in with Brainiac stuff. Like all of a sudden, Brainiac and Luthor were loose. That kind of surprised me. Mm. Um, and, and then it's uh, it's if I remember what the what the news said correctly, at issue six, it's going to become a Legion book, and Levitz is going to take over. Um, am I getting that right? Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, and then and then, uh, but it was also supposed to be adopting the triangle numbers. Eventually, was that scut- scuttled in favor of the Levitz thing? I'm not sure what's happened with that idea. Um, it it was yeah, it's uh, an interesting time because of the whole you know with Levitz having now become writer and Jeff Johns leaving the title. But there's going to be a few issues of tie-ins with the World of New Krypton um, storyline and uh, you know the whole Brainiac and Lex Luthor thing. So the next few issues. Uh, will still be along the lines of you know tying in with the Superman books, but um, when Levitz takes over, I will be interested to see exactly where what um, new road it does take, and uh, whether or not it will dovetail into the Superman books as it has from the beginning. Yeah, I'll bet you know it seems like they're trying. They, they they've been leading for a long time to Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, you know, which is the uh, the traditional thing that uh, that seems to never never really form up. Um, since the Silver Age, anyway, um, and and the idea that Levitz is coming on seems to imply to me that they're going to throw Superboy into that book, like they tried to do Supergirl in the Super in the Legion of Superheroes for mm. a while. Um, but then that leaves us less one in continuity Super 
boy, if that makes sense. I yeah, guess. well, we'll, so, uh, we'll follow that with interest because at the moment yeah. we obviously are reviewing and following the Adventure Comics title uh, as it is an important part of the Superman books. But uh, whether or not that continues to be the case, uh, we'll just wait and see. We shall see, yep. Okay, uh, the Superman Batman comic book has been much maligned over the last few years. Uh, it oh, became yeah. an in and out of continuity book. Um, but recently they've announced that uh, they're planning to bring it uh, in line with continuity and they'll be doing a kind of a look back at past stories and just how involved the characters were in those past stories so that it becomes um, a in-continuity book. Yeah, and, and it couldn't have happened soon enough. Uh, it's like the first, I don't know, a couple of years ago, it was the first Superman title that I dropped yeah. in like, uh, God, 10, 15 years. And um, it, <laughs> I, I just uh, took a look at the uh, last one, the, <laughs> the Joe Casey one. It's like the first six pages about some space pirate bellowing and no Superman, no Batman. You know, you sit and they're like, what the heck is going on here? And I understand a long, slow build to a story can have a payoff. But sometimes it's just like, uh, what the hell is going on here, you know? And um, as long as they, they, they bring it in line and it actually makes sense instead of just like, oh, yeah, we're going to be our separate title over here. Did, do you know if they're make, making the uh, editors the same as the Superman group editors? Because wasn't that the lone holdout that was still Eddie Berganza out of all the super titles? Yeah, I think it was. And, uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure whether I haven't uh, got any knowledge on that, Um but I'm sure it's probably been announced, and if if not, it soon will be. But um, yeah. actually, that issue that you just mentioned about the space pirate or whatever, it actually was uh, a quite an intriguing story. It's uh, you know leading up to a story that's coming down the track uh, to right. pre- prelude to that story, and uh, end up being a Kryptonian uh, spaceship that was uh, being taken over by an alien um, nation that um, you know ended up coming to our time. Um, and, um, yeah, it's quite interesting to see Superman's reaction of finding a, an old Kryptonian spaceship with, uh, the bodies of, um, you know, hundreds of Kryptonians, uh, on that, you know, dead on that spaceship and his reaction to it. So, uh, it wasn't a bad story. I, you know, I saw Joe's, Joe Casey's name as the writer and I went, what? <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, luckily I hadn't seen his name before I read the story. It was only until after. <laughs> Because I like well, that's you, probably I had a my bias. Reaction. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was my bias acting up because I did see the name before I opened up the darn thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how Superman Batman does come in line with continuity and uh, the um, the the use of that you know looking back idea and um, and uh, tying in those the characters to those past stories. Uh, it's, a, it's an intriguing concept, and uh, I look forward to seeing just how they pull that off. Yeah, I think uh, it could. Uh, it might even be something that they can swing into the mainline continuity and make work. That'd be cool. Okay, well, we'll move away from comic books for the time being. And obviously, Smallville Season 9 has premiered in the US and I think in Canada as well. And it's uh, something that is obviously uh, important to you because you're the one of the reviewers on the TV series. So I'll let you uh, go into what you thought of the first episode of Season 9, which is the only episode that's aired at this point uh, since we're recording this podcast at the end of September. So uh, what's your take on it? Well, you know, Steve, every time you say that it's the premiere of a new season of Smallville, I think um, it's it's like the opposite of the old saying about an angel getting its wings. It's like (laughs) Superman still isn't flying, (laughs) you know? but they they uh, they tried to put him into uh, the the black suit and emo Clark was emo. I thought that they'd try and at least contrive some kind of explanation other than well you know it's it's his training you know it's like if he's training then they'd probably put him in the traditional Kryptonian garb you know instead of you know let's see let's put him in the funeral stuff. Um, it, the series has taken a real dark turn and not like in a good way in a like kind of. Um, I don't know, it just felt like I was watching a bunch of pessimists to a degree. Mm. And most of the characters have been worn down now by their various attempts at finding drama. All of the characters have kind of become corrupted, except for Lois. you got Clark, who's now kind of despondent. You've got Chloe, who's who was a murderer last year, and everybody seems to have forgotten this. But she killed people, 
You know, like she was an accessory to murder for a guy she hardly knew. Her character is morally bankrupt and needs to come back to that from that if anyone is going to like her anymore, or at least if anyone with, you know, memory longer than ten minutes. Um, and other than that, we, we just have this kind of... You got this, Oliver Queen? Yeah, yeah, Oliver Queen is an alcoholic getting the crap beat out of him in cages. Um, and... You know, they bring it. It's here's the here's the really weird part about the premiere. I watched that thing, and the happiest, most sane, and civilized character in that whole setup was John Corbin. You know, <laughs> what does that say about the show? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, that's... I was I was similar to you. Um, it it wasn't the best the best premiere uh, of a new season uh, for the show i think we've seen much better premieres i didn't come away excited uh really uh like you said it was a down episode you know clark was was in a you know um uh a negative mood i guess he's you know trying to uh get rid of any of his human emotions because that's what jarell wants him to do for his training he seems to be in a dark place like you said chloe is in the you know a very despondent place she's Obviously, he's still grieving over Jimmy's death and or Henry's death, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I think the the best scene of the show was um, the uh, barn scene where she tried to, you know, she begged Clark to go back to the past to save Jimmy. That was a very emotional scene, and I thought that was well written because of the fact that yeah, if you had this ring that could do that, of course that would be the first thing that would come to your mind when you've lost someone you love and, you know, if it was a preventable death. So that was an interesting scene for me. Um, yeah, Lois is, you know, obviously an interesting uh, place because of coming back from the future without any knowledge of where she's been and, you know, the, she's missed three weeks of her life and, you know, the red-blue blur is now just the blur leaving his S symbol as graffiti all over the place. <laughs> um, Property got, damage. Yeah, uh, you've got uh, Tess Mercer and the Zod story was probably the least interesting for me. It kind of was very confusing. I didn't know where all these Kryptonians or Kandorians came from, and um, I'm guessing that's intended. They they mean it to be a, a mystery at this point in time, but I it was you know totally at a loss as to where this was coming from or where it was going. And um, I'm hoping the next few episodes and probably the season as a whole. Will um, you know expand on that? Um, that you know didn't really do anything for me. That test Zod stuff. I actually found, like you, that um, the most intriguing character was John Corbin. Uh, he seemed to me more villainous and more creepy than Zod was. Zod seemed <laughs> to be um, two dimensional, and um, Corbin seems to have this. Um, yeah, you, you, you can see that there's a lot ticking behind his eyes, and you just wonder just exactly where and what he has uh what's what his intentions are so episode two uh should be very interesting because it's titled metallo yeah they did and and they that's the kind of stuff that i'm hoping they can spread across a couple of episodes and turn into something interesting although by episode three they're already doing the out of character zombie stuff from what i'm reading but the mm. callum blue though actually looks like you know i get the feeling he has some chops as an actor but it's like uh, they brought him in to play a one-note mimic to a degree, you know, because he's like, I am Zod, you know, and he starts doing the whole imitation, yeah, and it's dead on perfect, you know. He, yeah, but but he's, uh, sorry, his uh, English accent seems to be less refined than General Zod, for, or then, sorry, than yeah. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp had a, a noble type of uh, English accent, where Caelan uh, uh, Blue seems to have a very... Um, I don't know if it's. I don't know if Cockney is the right. Uh, yeah, word, but, Cockney uh, sounds sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it seems, seems like to be more less refined. Yeah, it's like they 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 took Zod and they hammed him up a little bit and made him more brutal, I guess. Yeah, and, and or or like try to turn him into a grunt. And I just don't. I'm struggling to understand this major Zod idea. Okay, so let's assume that they justify it with some kind of like time travel guess you know like say these are all kandorians before krypton exploded they got caught in a time warp and sent to earth for whatever reason you know before krypton explodes and somehow they'll get back so he's a major instead of a general now 
Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's still got some promotions to get. Well, then why is he with a squad? Aren't majors like like it, 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 I maybe I don't understand command structure correctly, but I think isn't major um just like a step below colonel and isn't sergeant the rank that that takes care of the individual squads? Well, I mean, why does Krypton have the same army? Well, yeah, there's that. Why is a British guy on Krypton? (laughs) Yeah, but why do they have fatigues? Why do they have dog tags? Why do they have... Why are they all speaking English? (laughs) uh, Okay, it's, you know, why... We're we're probably trying to, you know, create a rationale for a show that really is about a man who flies from another planet, you know, so... Thinking too much, you know... Yeah, they exactly. they could do lip service. They could be like, "Ah, yes, turn on the translator, loads on," you know. And <laughs> but uh, it's just there's there's so little effort put into the details of the series. It's always just about the flavor of a situation. It's like, oh, this scene is romantic, and oh, this scene is perilous. But they don't, you know, like like the the sword fight was a really good example of that. You know, it's like the sword fight was so incoherent in terms of logic. It's like I've come to assassinate you. So I'm going to depower you, then attack you with a sword, instead of I'm going to depower you and shoot you in the head. It's like there's absolutely no logic to it at all. They're trying to make the flashiest scene they can, but they don't care about its coherence. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. And there was a, there was some a lot of good from the episode. It was you know nice to see the S symbol, whether it's it makes sense or not. Um, you know, it was nice to see Clark in training, although I don't buy the whole why can't I fly thing and you have to, you know, remove all all sense of devotion or emotion f- to be able to fly. That just <laughs> seems BS to me. Yeah. And you'd think that, flying that would will, be uh, something that was an uplifting experience, not a, you know, uh, an emotional experience. Yeah, that, that'll really kind of screw him over when he's got to save people, you know? It's like, oh my god, I'm falling off of a building! Oh, must be dispassionate, must lose empathy to save this person, you know? It's, well, okay then. Yeah, so... Sorry, I get a little passionate about this No, stuff. I'm with you, I'm with you. And really, what what's the point of wearing the S if nobody can see you because you're the blur? Right. Like, what's yeah. it supposed to symbolize? It's, it's, just, it's just for, like you said, lip service, for flavor... Because he, no, he, nobody ever sees him with the S because he just blurs through every rescue. So he right, has to yeah. end up putting using his heat vision to leave at places um, because really, other than that, no one knows that the S means the blur. Well, you know. and, and and it's just going to be another lights like when they when it was time to kill Lex they, or, or time to kill Lionel they're like okay it's time to kill Lionel out a window you go for no apparent reason and and when Lex said to leave it's like all right. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum's leaving the series. Goodbye. And I see the ending of this series being the same way. Clark's just going to suddenly look up and go, you know what? It's time to meet my destiny. And then he's going to whip open the shirt and roll credits, you know? Mm. Well, let's hope that there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, We don't, uh, you know, from the sounds of what we've just spoken about, people would think that we hate the show. We don't. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we really don't. Just, we wish for success. We, we, we really pick it do. apart. We pick it apart because you know we want it to be uh, better. But um, it's it's still a great show, and uh, there is a lot to look forward to in each episode. It's just trying to connect the dots sometimes are hard. Yeah, and 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 I think that um, it's in a it, it's in a tough place because it's got the the lower ratings right now. Probably the budgetary restrictions. It's in a horrible time slot, um, and I'm hoping it can still pull it out. There's, you know, there to was its some, credit, like, the, last... uh, sorry, to its credit, the train rescue, you know, was well done. The yeah. effects were there were great. And um, you know, the uh, diving off the building was, you know, a great effect. And um, you know, the time travel, lightning sphere things were well done. So there, there are a lot of good elements to the show. It's just as a story, the story elements sometimes suffer. Yeah, and the, and the effects were a lot better. I got to give them that. And the thing is, last year at, at about this time was I was really much more optimistic because they seemed to be going into the Daily Planet, embracing the Destiny kind of thing. And maybe this is just a simple subplot that doesn't really work for us. And in a couple of episodes, he's going to drop the black costume and start picking things up at the Daily Planet again, and it will become kind of a finding Zod, figuring out Metallo. I'm in the Daily Planet, and I'm ready to be a hero kind of year. Yeah, we'll, well the producers have already stated that only the first two episodes are fairly dark, that the season as a whole is not a dark season. So uh, it's just the first two episodes. Clark finds himself in this you know, dark position and in this dark emotional state, 
and uh, it deals with it. But uh, the dark trench coat costume is something that I believe is not a season-defining, um, you know, uh, change of uniform. It's just something that he deals with early on, and uh, perhaps we'll see him go back to the familiar red and blue colours uh, in a few episodes' time. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get encased in ice again for trying to be human. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's see what happens. But season nine of Smallville has kicked off, and you'll see Neil and Doug Trumbull's reviews and Pete's uh, Pete McDermott's episode summaries as the season continues. So uh, look for those on the website. All right, uh, moving on to animated movies. We've got uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies available now as we speak. It's on sale both as a single-disc DVD, a special-edition double-disc DVD. It's on Blu-ray. It's also available as um, a downloadable file via Amazon, if that's uh, how you prefer to watch your movies. Um, so, yeah, it's we both haven't seen it at this point in time because we're recording this on September uh, 29th, the day it's released. So um, we'll be doing our reviews on the website as we get to see the movie. We've even discussed about the idea of doing an audio commentary between the two of us watching the movie. Oh, yeah. So uh, we've got ideas for this new animated movie, and from all accounts, it's quite a good one. It's fairly short and only 67 minutes or something like that, so it's uh, uh, a fairly short movie-length animated uh, feature, but um, by all accounts, it's quite action-packed, a good storyline, and you know you can't go past this cast of audio... Uh, specialists uh, in the way of Tim Daly and uh, and and Co. I think I think we should probably watch it and do a commentary the first time we see it if we can swing that because I mean I think I think it could just be crazy to have the reactions while we're doing it. It could be cool. <laughs> that would be nice. So uh, yeah, look for Superman, Batman, Public Enemies at all good and bad DVD stores now. And um, yeah, it's, uh, we'll probably uh, be discussing this for some time to come because uh, other than Smallville. Uh, animated movies seem to be our only source of Superman um, media, other than comic books, obviously, as well, uh, that uh, we can get to enjoy at the moment. Um, so, uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, look for it now. Uh, on the topic of animated movies, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths has been announced as the next DC Universe animated feature. Um, what's your take on this? You know, I hadn't actually read too much about it. What's the uh, what's the basic score? Well, Is it going to do the JSA? Well, that's the thing. There's no JSA from what I've un- I understand. It's um, about an alternate, um, you know, Earth where there's a uh, oh, the crime yeah, syndicate. Oh, yeah, Earth 3. Yeah, the crime that's syndicate right. with a, um, a good Lex Luthor from that Earth coming to ours to uh, get the JLA's help in fighting the crime syndicate. So uh, I believe it's kind of a mishmash of, of, you know, comic book stories that have gone before with the whole alternate Earth things, but I believe it's more of a um, a unique script rather than something that's based on um, a previous uh, comic book story. I mean, yes, there are comic book stories that have done that, but I don't think this is an adaptation of anything that's uh, gone before. I think it's mostly new, uh, um, new, uh, new story. Anyone in particular writing it that we know, or uh, there is? I don't have that information on hand as we record. Okay, no worries. But um, yeah, so that's. Interesting. It's still very early days at this point in time. Um, obviously, uh, there is a, uh, a couple of images out there, and I, I believe there might be a f- um, uh, preview of some kind on the Superman Batman DVD, the Public Enemies DVD. So we'll uh, keep you posted on any new Crisis on Two Earths information as it becomes available, but obviously it's still very early days. It's, uh, uh, I believe, 2010 release date. I'm not sure if there hasn't been an exact release date at this point in time, but uh, it's supposedly spring in uh, America when it will be released. So what months are they? What months are spring in America? Uh, spring would be April. Okay, so... April, May. April, May, 2010. Look for Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. But uh, moving on, as I said, we don't have much to uh, enjoy in the world of Superman on the TV or on the big screen, especially... Um, other than Smallville and these animated DVDs, because DC Entertainment have announced that they don't have any plans for a Superman movie in place. Ooh. Yeah, pretty uh, disappointing. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know I'm honestly not surprised, but oi, I mean how 
I, I, I expected when they got another movie out, they'd at least have another one out soon after that. I didn't know we'd be going into the uh, into the uh, the bog of eternal stench so quickly. <laughs> You know, it's like, how long must I wait? I only get to live to be about 80 years old. I need more than five Superman movies. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing. <laughs> disappointing that uh, Diane, what's her name? Diane Nelson, uh, the uh, new head of DC Entertainment, has stated that they don't have any plans for a Superman movie uh, in place at the moment. And um, God knows when that might uh, take place. But, uh, but but Jonah Hex, they're going to get a Jonah Hex movie. And Lobo. <laughs> And Lobo, oh yeah, Lobo. That's the that's the big bucks there. I predict an eighteen million dollar opening weekend. Very difficult to understand <laughs> just where they're going with this, uh, with their ideas. But uh, we've uh, got, as you mentioned, Levitz is leaving uh, his role as uh, you know head of DC Comics and um, is moving into just being a writer for Adventure Comics. Uh, what do you read anything into this? Do you see it as him being pushed out? Or do you see it as him wanting to try to lessen his role and you know, or ease himself out of a, uh, uh, a position he's been in for a while and uh, almost like a semi-retirement? Is he being you know, is he leaving I, or is he being pushed? I think I think I'd have to step up about three doors of perception and about eight pay grades to to even have an inkling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think um, I I don't know if this is going to affect anything. It doesn't seem to ha- to be affecting anything so far. Um, I would bet it's probably half willing, half, you know, just the way business goes. I've noticed that, like, people seem to take the the editorial jobs or the publishing jobs knowing that it's not going to be something they're going to be doing for 20, 30 years. So I bet it's just the natural cycle of things. Yeah, well, he seems pretty excited about going back to writing. And, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. There are people, obviously, there's going to always be conspiracy theories about people saying that he was pushed, he was made to leave, and, you know... With the whole restructuring of DC Entertainment, um, you know, he's being, you know, it's their way of saying that they haven't liked what he's done or how he's controlled things. But I find that uh, hard to to believe, you know. If he was really getting ousted, he would be ousted. He wouldn't be given a uh, writing job on a comic book that seems to be, uh, um, you know, well-received so far. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that we have to worry about is, like, if in private Diane goes into her office and then pulls off her hair and she's a bald guy named Lex Luthor. Other than that, you know, <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Yeah, a bit of a worry. Uh, before we uh, move on to the big question segment of the show, I wanted to get your reaction to seeing the supposed image of uh, Nicolas Cage as Superman. I have blocked that out of my memory, and it took me about three hours to clean my chair. <laughs> yeah, well, that was. There's, there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's a fake," and you know, and I've been told by the person who released it from the Tim Burton Japan website, who has been great at releasing a lot of the imagery and uh, artwork for that never made film from the uh, mid to late 1990s, the Superman Lives um, script. Um, He's uh, is adamant that it's a photo that you know he has in his collection that is of Nicolas Cage in the um, you know the Superman um, outfit that they were intending to be in that film. Well, for for to to people who are saying that it's a fake, it may very well be. But I would encourage you to get a. Here's a good example. Here's the way I thought about it. Go get the DVD for the Phantom Menace from 1999, and uh, that sounds really obscure, but do it. And get the pod racing visualization sequence and watch that. And take a look at it and realize how primitive it looks now 10 years later with our CG effects. Then go back to what was it, like 1995? I think it was 97. Um, 97, yeah, when computers were not a normal part of filmmaking. And imagine imagine how a mock-up would look, um, you know, comparatively. I think that it looks really fake now because of the fact that we have such technology and we can kind of get rose-colored glasses in that respect. I think that probably is a mock-up they looked at to see what it was going to come out as. That's that's the way I looked at it, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, whether it was necessarily Nicolas Cage um, in a costume or standing behind a prop of the costume or whatever Even it might have been, yeah, um, you know, it was uh, still a very interesting look at uh, a dollar... Uh, a a bullet that we dodged. Yes, and a dodge that was. I mean, 
it seemed like they were trying to do what the comic books were doing, like giving him the long hair and the darker suit, yeah. but just taking it to the extreme of the 90s. You know, you felt like with an X-T-R-E-M-E, it, it was kind of scary. Oh, man, that gave me nightmares. Yeah, well, let's not think <laughs> on it anymore. Let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. All right. Well, last month we had the question, what do you like or dislike about the Superman homepage? And uh, we've got some interesting responses. First up was Mikey B, who sent in his own MP3 audio response. And uh, let's hear what he had to say. Hey guys, Mikey B here responding to the big question for the month. Uh, it really take too long to list all the things I like about the site, from Radio KAL to the news updates to the reviews. Um, so I'll just instead just take quick chances to say thank you guys for being the voices of the fan community, Superman fan community, and thank you for all the hard work you put into the site. Um, I don't want to sound like uh, a real kiss butt, so I'll also say that, hey, if I was to make a suggestion for something I'd like to see changed, I have ordered like no less than five Blu-ray DVD sets um, through the website, through Amazon.com. It would be great if there was a way that we could get a confirmation that the that it worked other than the fact that you're just going on the fact that you click the button and it went to the Amazon you paid and then hopefully they send the money to the website because I'm certainly want to support the website because uh, I enjoy it so much so thank you guys again for doing such a great job and uh, I'll talk to you later to answer Mikey's question uh, whenever you see a link on the Superman homepage that goes to another website to purchase a product whether it be Amazon.com, SupermanSuperstore.com or others, you can be sure that we've encoded that link with a special code so that uh, the Superman homepage gets a percentage of that sale through their affiliate program. So yes, uh, definitely click on links that you see to products to purchase them and uh, the Superman homepage, we'll get a kickback on that and that helps us keep helps keep the website alive, helps us fund the, the site's costs and uh, helps us bring more stuff for you. So yes, definitely click on links with the confidence that uh, the Superman homepage is benefiting from you guys buying from those links on the website. Well, okay, Marvel fan. Oh, sorry, no, I'm just kidding around. Uh, no, his comment was, Marvel fan commented on this podcast saying, my biggest complaint about the show is its low bitrate sound quality. I hopefully turned that into a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... The the podcast is actually recorded and, and saved at a rate that is common to most podcasts out there. I did a lot of research and uh, experimentation with the sound quality, and uh, obviously earlier episodes were not as good quality as what we start. What are we we're doing now? Uh, just with technology and with you know, Neil and I upgrading our microphones and computers over the years. But um, yeah, it's uh, and it's also. Um, saved in such a way so that it doesn't become a burden to download. We don't want to have you know 120 meg downloads for a podcast that nobody's going to download because it's just too big and too time consuming. Um, so there's a trade-off between file size and sound quality uh, because of the fact that we want as many people to download it as possible and still enjoy it without having to uh, strain their, their ears. Yeah, maybe we can look into that and talk that a little bit after the show and see what we can uh, you know, figure out. Okay, uh, Calvin Bowes wrote, First off, I must say I love your website a lot. I come to it regularly and it's a lot of fun. A couple of things I would suggest, actually, three of them. One, how about a real-life Superman or Supergirl of the month? I mean, what I mean is you find a real person who did something heroic or charitable and fans can nominate him or her and we show there is a lot Superman in a lot of us. Not a bad idea. Uh, it's something that... Um, it would be difficult to do on a regular basis, and um, you know it's it's hard to get people to to nominate uh, people and vote on things like that. But uh, and maybe a Superman of the Year. We could yeah. do Superman Supergirl of the Year. Uh, number two, how about a page just for fan-made Superman stories and art? Well, we do have a section in our message board forums where you can post your Superman fan art and Superman uh, fan fiction. Uh, for legal reasons, we don't post it on the website. And basically, we just don't have the time to sit through and read all the fan fiction that might be sent in to see whether or not they're, um, you know, uh, good enough to be published. And um, 
you know, edit them and make sure there's no spelling errors and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to just publish things on the website uh, that we don't have, um, you know, a creative control over. So yeah, uh, that's the main reason. We'd get, we'd get into a lot of trouble if a mother found their kid looking for Superman stuff and they suddenly encountered Lex, Chloe, Slash, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we know where you're going there. Uh, right, exactly. Three, how about an address page to contact real Superman people like Noel Neal or others? Uh, these are my suggestions, but I feel your website does super justice. Well, yeah, we've, um, you know, we do have some addresses on there. We've got uh, Sarah Douglas's fan mail address. Uh, certain um, celebrities, you know, prefer not to have their addresses posted. Obviously, we can't put email addresses or personal um, mailing addresses for their house or whatever because that would obviously be an invasion of privacy. But um, whenever we can find, you know, uh, fan mail addresses, we'll definitely post them uh, in the website and allow you to try to send fan mail to your favorite celebrity. But a lot of them just don't have um, that, uh, you know, that feature available because they just get inundated and don't have the time to respond. And, and the, honest, the honest truth is that, um, I, and I learned this just being as an independent journalist when sometimes internet journalists are poo-pooed a lot, you can actually find a lot of good contact information online if you write and don't present yourself as a loon. Yeah, exactly. Who's next? Uh, John wrote, there are too many things to list for what I like. Thank you. But the one thing I am liking is the Crisis to Crisis podcast. Yes, absolutely. That's that's awesome. And Radio KL, uh, and Radio KAL in the week-to-week update videos, so I'm not crazy about Neil Bailey. Just kidding, Neil. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Those are my top three things I like about the site. Besides those three, I like the polls and the daily news. Yeah, I think, you know, like, sometimes we, we kind of collaborate on the polls together, but I think you do a real good job, Steve. i got to oh, compliment you. you on those. Those are always interesting. The best thing about the site are the people, nicest people I've met. Steve and Neil and Jeff and Mike on the Crisis Crisis podcast. If you have questions, they do their best to answer them and email you the answer as quick as they can. Well, thanks. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Some very nice comments there. And, yeah, the polls are not always easy to come up with new polls from week to week. Uh... Obviously, certain things lend themselves to a, a poll idea. You know, like the this week we've got the the first week of uh, October, we've got the uh, poll on the season opening, season nine opener of Smallville. That's a you know a no brainer as a question. But sometimes from week to week, it does get difficult to come up with new poll ideas. But um, yeah, so appreciate the comments there from John. Uh, Sarah writes, my least favorite thing about the Superman homepage is the Superman on TV section. It gets kind of obscure and overly detailed for me sometimes, but I'm sure some other people like it. Uh, well, actually, just to respond to that uh, straight away, um, Barry Fryman, who does the Superman on TV column every week, gets uh, quite a few emails uh, congratulating him on just how in-depth he is on um, you know, his uh, Superman TV listings. Obviously, the obscurity angle of it is uh, something that certain people like because they wa- might want to follow, say, jo- John Hames Newton, who was a star of the first episode, first season of the Superboy series, and uh, want to know what he's doing now and where they can see him. So while it might not be everybody's cup of tea, uh, it's definitely uh, something that certain people uh, appreciate, and Barry does a great job looking at all the listings for all the Superman actors and celebrities who are you know on other programs. So well done to Barry on that side of things. She also, Sarah also goes on to say, I'm glad... Uh, my favourite thing about the Superman homepage is the speeding bulletin news report feature. I'm glad you recently started doing this, Steve. It's a good way of summing up the week's Superman news. Keep up the good work with the radio show and the rest of the website, guys. Well, thank you, Sarah. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of work yeah, goes into thanks. the speeding bulletin. Uh, Neil does some great uh, rants there that uh, entertain <laughs> you at the end after my boring spiel. So uh, well done to Neil on that. Thanks. Yeah, you get it. you put in the bulk of the work, though. I tell you, that's just me ranting for a minute. So, oh, who's next? All right. Uh, David Lewis wrote, "Hey guys, what I like about your website is that you're always on top of the latest Superman stuff. I never leave your website feeling uninformed. I also enjoy the speeding bullet in Radio KAL. I wish Radio KAL was weekly instead of monthly. Keep up the good work. You guys rock weekly. <laughs> uh, can we do it weekly? Will we survive? I don't think we have enough content to to uh, talk weekly. Um, <laughs> not only that, yeah. it's as Neil could attest to, and I'm sure Barry and, uh, sorry, I'm sure Jeffrey and um, and uh, Michael Bailey will be able to attest to the fact that doing a podcast is pretty time consuming. It's not just the recording side of things. You've actually got to prepare and you know, almost do a script up at the beginning to make sure you've got all the stuff you want to talk about lined up, and then you've got the whole editing process afterwards. 
So, um, yeah, doing a weekly one would probably, one, um, make it uh, a shorter show that we would have less to talk about because only so much happens in a week. And two, uh, would probably take us take time away from some of the other stuff that we do to um, keep the website updated because of the fact that it would be a time-consuming thing to do a weekly podcast. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we were thinking when we did uh, when we created uh, the Speeding Bulletin for the yep. most part, right? That's right. We, we would keep in contact with everyone on a weekly basis with the Speeding Bulletin, and you know, touch on things that topics that were of topical interest at that time, like you do with your Bailey Planet rant at the end. But uh, yeah, but uh, doing a uh, the uh, Speeding Bulletin podcast, sorry, the Radio KL podcast, uh, more than monthly, would probably uh, uh, dilute the the uh, the show to a to a degree. Yeah. Okay, um, who have we got next? We've got Joe Sergi writes, This month's question is about the website. My response can be summed up in three words. I love it. The site is an excellent resource for all things super with history and up-to-date news. The reviews are insightful at times. They ramble on a bit. I also appreciate that I submit news, that if I submit news, Neil responds personally. Uh, my only complaint involve the pop-up ads on the site that sometimes block my access as malware spyware. Otherwise, I love the site. Keep up the great work. The new wiki, I'm guessing he's talking about the, uh, the uh, who's, who's who, who? the copy, comics, yeah. Superman comics. He says, the new wiki sounds intriguing. Well, I uh, just wanted to, in, in regards to the pop-up ads, unfortunately, uh, we don't have much control over that. The pop-up ads are part of our uh, web hosting deal. Our web provider, uh, web host provider uh, offsets our costs. Uh, by um, you know using those pop-up ads as advertising space, and so to keep the website up and running, we uh, have to. Um, it's there a, a necessary evil. Yeah, and and the as as for the wiki, the uh, who's who, that's uh, expanding slowly but surely. I'm working on a couple right now. Hopefully, it'll become more of a link-driven thing as we as we get into it, where they'll self-reference and and uh, become more encyclopedic, kind of like Wikipedia, but more simplistic. Um, if you guys have suggestions, I'm, I'm more than willing. Bailey.neil at Comcast.net. Shoot me a line. I, I am. I, I, if you have a character you want to see done, I will do Beppo if I have to. <laughs> yeah, but any okay. any emails you have, you can send to either Steve at SupermanHomePage.com or Neil at SupermanHomePage.com. So both yep. addresses will get to either of us guys. Uh, last yep. one. Who have we got? Yeah, Robert Gillis wrote, Hi, Stephen Neal. Superman homepage is my first stop on the web every day. I've been reading it for five years now. Well, thank you. For the big question, you asked what we, what we like or dislike. Dislike, too strong a word, but I find the three-column format a bit cluttered. I like the old pre-crisis, older, ha, two-column format better. From Back from the, from the fan page, right? <laughs> the site these days seems just a little too busy, but you get used to it. I continue find to, to find more content on the site. Amazing, and the podcasts are very well done. After three months now, I have listened to uh, Radio KL 1 through 53. Excellent. I love the site, and thank you both. And Michael and Jeffrey and Barry for your never-ending battle to provide us with the Superman, the Superman site. Many thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Uh, yeah, I've uh, toyed with the layout idea. You know, the three-column one just seems to fit everything um, above the fold, as they say, but in that first page, uh, better than any other layout format. And uh, we, the website just got so much content on it. That we, uh, you know, try not to make it a scroll a scroll fest by putting as much into the page as uh, as we can without you having to click too many times. Um, you know, people website uh, viewers have a very short attention span, so we want to show them all that we can in as little time as possible. And sometimes that can be a cluttered uh, response, but uh, hopefully not too cluttered. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, he mentions that he's still finding things, and that's one of the things I always say when I'm talking to people on the road at these cons. It's like I've been working for the site for ten years, and I still haven't found the end of it myself. It's just got everything. It's insane. I forget where things are sometimes. So uh, yeah. All right. Very very well. Uh, just it's great to hear all those comments. It's uh, really yeah, appreciated. Thanks, guys. Some of that praise is uh, much appreciated. It's uh, it's a labor of love for us. So we appreciate all the comments and the kind praise that we get. And uh, the constructive criticism will be taken on board, and anything we can do to improve the website will continue to do. That's the... too bad. I was hoping someone would say that my mother wore combat boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's no, no. What's the newbie question? <laughs> the new question. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> you were going to say something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are What are your early impressions of season nine of Smallville? Good question. Yeah. So, uh, what are your impressions of the first uh, few episodes? 
of Season 9 of Smallville. I get into the big question segment of the show by using the big question button found at the website and send your entry in. You can do as Mikey B did and record your own audio answer and send it in as an MP3 file, or you can type your message and send it in and Neil and I will read out your response in the next Radio KAL podcast. Lois gets a visitor. Clark! Not quite, toots. Who brings an ominous message. It doesn't work like that. But you're missing the point. As I so often do. (sighs) Everything that happens is because of him. Because of you. Superman returns home. Lois? It's... I mean, is it really you? Is this right? But a hero's work is never done. Maggie, Lois told me she'd run into Mixie S. Pidlick. I did a quick scan of the city and... Oh, Missy S. Pidlick. Spend time with a visitor from the fifth dimension in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 57, on September 30th, 2009. Only at PendantAudio.com. Kara returns to the proper timeline. Crazy robots, parallel dimensions. You know, there's still a few hours left in the day. Anything else on your to-do list? What I really want is a freaking break. And another blendicino. Unaware that her secret is in jeopardy. Now where was I? Oh yeah, the evil plotting. You're going down, Supergirl. (laughs) Or should I say, Kara? Your little slip-up is going to cost you dearly. But Kara's not the only one with identity problems. We just wanted you to know, your secret is totally safe with us. My secret? Dude, you know, your secret identity? You, uh, you, you know who I am? We won't tell anyone. No, no, your team's got me all wrong. Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 29. Coming September 30th on PendantAudio.com. You're all, like, superpowers, and Kara uses you like an errand boy. Dude, if she only knew. Yeah, if only. Time for Bailey's Bookshelf with Michael Bailey. Go, Bailey! Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the monthly feature here at Radio KAL, where I walk over to the bookcase and choose a Superman trade or hardcover to discuss. This month, I have chosen another book from the From Crisis to Crisis era of Superman. That's a little plug for my other podcast here at the Superman homepage, From Crisis to Crisis, which I record with Jeffrey Taylor. And I took Superman time and time again off the bookshelf to give it a look-see. I am a big fan of this story arc and have vivid memories of when it came out in 1999. During that era of Superman, time travel was not all that common. In fact, one of the effects of the Crisis on Infinite Earths is that time travel in general was very, very limited. I believe that DC Editorial wanted to cut back on the ability for a character to travel willy-nilly into the time stream. When Superman was revamped in 1986, his powers were reduced greatly, so that ability to travel in time under his own power was done away with. So this was the first time, really, that Superman was bounced around time in that crisis-to-crisis era. His travel agent, so to speak, was someone known as a Linear Man, a concept that would evolve into the Linear Men and tie into Armageddon 2001's character Wave Rider. And these, this group would be part of the Superman books from time to time and play, played a very large part in Zero Hour a little over three years later. The Linear Man has come to the then-present to arrest Booster Gold, who was originally from the 25th century and was only in the then-20th century because he stole a time bubble. Superman intervenes and ends up getting blown into the time stream for his troubles. He bounces around different eras and has several run-ins with the Legion of Superheroes, which was a big deal at the time because, you know, the Legion and Superman didn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with one another during this era. He is also transported to the age of the dinosaurs, where he brings a little of his own culture in the form of the Was Not Was song, Walk the Dinosaur. 
I love Roger Stern, but that is that is not the uh, apex of, of his Superman writing. Superman even gets to meet Franklin D. Roosevelt, one of his personal heroes, and has a run-in with the demon in the times of King Arthur. This was a really fun story, and dealt with time travel in an interesting way. Superman didn't time travel through a time bubble or some other kind of time machine, but through a series of large explosions, the last of which is the biggest of all. He also gets to face off against a Daxamite named Dev-M, which was a really big deal. keep saying that. There are a lot of big deals in this story, apparently. Uh, because at the time, Daxamites were actually stronger than Kryptonians. There is even a major plot point right there at the end that had huge ramifications for the Legion of Superheroes at the time. This trade reprints Action Comics 663 to 665, Adventures of Superman 476 to 478, most of Superman 54 and 55, there were backup stories, uh, Newsboy Legion backup stories, I believe, in that by Carl Kiesel, as well as Superman numbers 61 and 73, which were linear man stories that sort of tied into this one. And there is also an introduction by K.C. Carlson. One final note. If memory serves, it was during this arc that it was announced via the letter pages that another Superman title would be coming out later this that year. And I cannot tell you how exciting it was for me back in 1991 at the thought that another Superman title would be coming out, bringing up the total then to four. So it's kind of neat that before the internet, we had to rely on letters pages to tell us that things like Superman the Man of Steel was coming up. Anyways, that is it for this month. Come back next time for another Bailey's Bookshelf. And now back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. And remember, if you have a suggestion for a Superman trade paperback that you would like Michael Bailey to review, send in your uh, email to the Superman homepage, or you can find Michael Bailey's address on the website and send in your uh, suggestions to him. Now we have the super secret soundbite. Only one thing alive on less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Let's see, last month the sound came from the Smallville Season 3 episode Memoria, with eight people getting the answer correct, and who were they, Neil? They were Lawrence Erasmus, Nelda Mormon, Buddy Gillespie, Brian Lee, Stephen Holmes, Sammy J. Maynard II, Ryan Kay, and Mario Lopez. Yeah, well done to those eight people for guessing where which sound the last month's podcast sound came from. Uh, here is the new sound for this month's radio show. See if you can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. Why would she give you a raise? Because I'm me. Hello. So, if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the webpage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Superman song time. Okay, who is Dale Hawkins? I don't know who Dale Hawkins is, but he was an artist, a, a song, a singer from 1956, who recorded this song titled Superman. Superman, zoom, 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 Superman, zoom, 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 but I got a funny, funny feeling, I hope you understand, cause when I kiss you, baby, when I feel just like a Superman, but I'm as weak as a lamb, always in a jam, never wanna fight, what an awful sight, but when you hold me, when you kiss me,
show for another month. Uh, thank you, Neil. Uh, before you sign off, I'll remind everyone that if you have a suggestion, maybe there's a topic that you would like Neil and I to discuss, maybe there's a song suggestion you have for a future podcast, uh, a big question suggestion, like I said, a trade paperback that you would like Michael Bailey to review, any of those ideas can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage, and Neil and I will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. Thanks again, Neil. Thank you, Steve, and you stay classy, Neil's mom. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. <laughs>